You're listening to the Faithful Career Moves podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Hunter, and this is the place where we talk to people who have found the career they were born to do and recognize God's hand in the process. Welcome to episode 30 of the Faithful Career Moves podcast. Before I introduce my guest, I want you to think about all the people you know who are daring greatly in their careers. People who have decided to start a business that will require them to go without a paycheck until they get their own clients, make a sale, earn a commission, or do something before the money comes in. And not as a side gig either, but as their sole source of income, because that is a career move that requires a great deal of faith and perseverance. And maybe send this podcast to that friend who could probably use a little inspiration as you'll hear from my guest today. I'm excited to introduce you to Jamila King. You can find Jamila on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and other social media platforms as Another DIY Project. That's A-N-O-T-H-A DIY Project. Now, there are many DIYers out there on social media, but Jamila caught my attention with a recent post about gratitude and the courage it took for her to quit her job. Not even fully aspirational, but because she simply could not live the life she was living any longer. In this post, she thanked God for the gift she'd been given and the opportunity, and it was just so heartfelt and vulnerable that I just had to know more. So I asked Jamila to start us off with what she does for her career. I make pretty things with power tools. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. For lack of a better word. I basically just transform spaces. So whether it's just a simple accent wall to bring life to a room, or if a client wants me to create a, a theater room out of their loft space or mm-hmm. transform their master bedroom or, or bathroom or something. Um, I really just transform spaces for people to make it a space that they love. What does the business look like? You work with clients individually? Yes. And it's funny because this was never intended to be a business, but yes, I do just primarily work with clients, mm-hmm. um, residential. I have, I have a few commercial clients that are interested in, in getting some things done with their office, but primarily uh, residential clients and doing things in their home. Okay. And then there's a, an online component of it as well. You're on Instagram, you're on YouTube. Do you believe that the social media feeds your clients or it's a different revenue stream in sponsorship and things like that? I have not received any sponsorships yet. Um, And so social media is my free marketing tool. I'm actually just now getting a website designed and worked out. I didn't even have a website. Technically, I still don't because it isn't live yet. Um, But everything has been through the power of social media. I love it. Okay, let's get to the question. I really want to know, how did this all happen? Man, so I've always loved interior design. Mm-hmm. and decorating. And I've always been good with my hands. Even as a little child, I used to drive my, my mom crazy because I would just randomly change the living room furniture. And <laughs> you know, every other week she'd come home and it, everything would just be rearranged differently. And I wanted to go to school for it. But at the time, I didn't think that I was good enough mm-hmm. um, and that people would actually pay me to design spaces. And then back then, you didn't really see a lot of interior designers that were African-American women. And so I didn't really have a lot of role models and influences in the field. And so I just didn't feel like it was something that I would ever be able to make money at doing. Okay. Fast forward to now, I was starting to do projects just like my own personal projects, you know, around my house. 
And I was like, you know, I'm just going to make another Instagram and just start documenting just little things that I like to do. And mm-hmm. that was it. And I, I literally just started that Instagram last year, March 16th. So we're, we're really just kind of coming up a little over a year now. But I just started posting pictures and videos of my own little personal project. And a friend of mine was like, you should do this for other people. And I was like, oh, no, this is just for fun. You know, oh, yeah. I don't want to do this for other people. This is just for fun. And I had a few friends of mine reached out to me about, you know, hey, can you just come help me maybe spruce up my bathroom or just do right. something? I was like, OK, fine. So that was like in May. I actually took my first paid client in May of last year. <laughs> and so it kind of went and she posted the work that I had did. And I was just still posting and still posting and uh-huh. just still like doing little projects here and there and little projects here and there. And then something just kind of happened this okay. year. I'll say just kind of taking direction from God. My prayer was just, God, whatever you have for me, mm-hmm. I really just want to be in line. Mm-hmm. And that comes with sometimes just letting go of things that we're comfortable and we're familiar with. So there were a lot of things that I had to just let go and just kind of trust the process. And I feel like this year, when I really did that, everything change almost overnight. Instagram, I I had just celebrated 2000 followers on March 16th, the one year anniversary date of when I created the page. And I know to a lot of people, 2000, that's not a big deal, but I was just so happy to be in a place where I was doing what I loved and I was just at peace with everything, you know, and celebrated 2000 followers. I decided to do a giveaway. I picked two people and I just, I gave away two free accent walls. Well, literally from March 16th to now April 25th, I've gone from 2,000 followers to 50,000. That just happened? <laughs> that just happened. I just celebrated 2,000 followers on March 16th. Oh my gosh. And so when you gave away the accent wall, it had to be somebody local, I'm guessing? Yeah, it was two people that were local and I ended up making a post. And I think one of the posts that I made just about kind of following your dreams and doing what you love, Yeah, that post ended and it might've been the same post that you saw, but it ended up kind of going viral Mm -hmm. to where over 3 million people have viewed the post and so many people have shared it and shared it and shared it. And it's just kind of brought a lot of attention to my platform. Okay. So the Instagram blows up. And now your client base blows up too, or what, what happens next? Yes. Client base has tripled. <laughs> <laughs> I recently just decided to put a hold on accepting any new clients, um, mm-hmm. scheduling any consults or anything for two weeks. Okay. Um, and this is just going to give me some time to get the website up and running. I'm in the process of trying to hire a, an assistant. And so this will give me some time to really get organized on the back end where people can actually go online to my website. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things can be automated because right now it's a lot for one person to do. Absolutely. What was it like the first time you charged? You know, how did that work? Honestly, the first time I charged, I definitely undercharged. I think I was uh-huh. just so excited to be doing my first project for somebody else. Yeah. Um, I was just like, you know, Hey, you just give me the money and pay me for the materials. And I think I only probably charged like 250 bucks for labor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just it. And I think, you know, as time went on, I really started getting more clients and started seeing how much time it really takes and that, right. you know, to really do a lot of what I was doing. And it was still fun and exciting, but then I realized, okay, this is taking a lot more of my time. Then I started to actually look at this like a business and then mm-hmm. start sitting down and really figuring out, you know, the best way to charge, what to charge and all mm-hmm. that. How did you go about learning to do the actual building? 
Everything up until now has been, honestly, a God-given gift. Mm -hmm. I have never taken a wood workshop class. I didn't even go to school for interior design. So just the eye and the vision, it Mm -hmm. really truly is a gift. At this stage, I'm going to like some DIY conferences this year Mm -hmm. and just kind of expanding my training as far as like woodworking and because obviously I don't know everything and the kind of self-taught, I do want to learn a lot more. Yeah. So I've opened myself up to just doing some conferences and looking to take some classes and working with other people. The DIY community on Instagram is amazing. And I've met some wonderful women and we message each other and text each other and call each other with advice. Like if I needed some help with something and I know somebody else has done a project and they've done this before, I'll reach out and say, Hey, I'm working on this. What did you use for this? So what was Mm -hmm. the best method for this? And people really are open and willing to help. Isn't it interesting for all the negativity that comes from the internet and social media, this opportunity that you're talking about that didn't exist 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yep. Even the conferences that didn't exist. And I'm super excited about that because this is something that they do annually And it just so happens to be that this year it's going to be here in Atlanta. So, (laughs) wow, it all is aligning for you right now. Yes. What advice would you have for somebody else who's looking at this, whether it is in the DIY or it's just in that kind of a space? What advice would you have for them getting started? To start, to start. A lot of people don't start. And honestly, that's where you go wrong in the first place. There's so many people that have these dreams and passions and great ideas but they never leave the start line. And a lot of times because they're either waiting for the right time, which there's never really a right time, or they're afraid that their idea or their talent may not be good enough, or even that, you know, the market is oversaturated with so many people that do this, what's going to make me different. Mm -hmm. So my first advice would be to to just get out there and see, you're never going to know if you can actually fly, if you never jump off the ledge. So you've got to jump first. And then once you do that, be authentic, really be yourself and be who you are. Social media is a place and it's so easily to get caught up in the web of strolling and looking at other people's pages and looking at how many followers other people have and look at, you know, how good other people seem Mm -hmm. to be doing because people will only show you what they want you to see. So you never really know how happy somebody else is or how successful they really are just by looking at their social media. You only see what they put out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't get caught up in social media, really just be authentic and be who you are. And I feel like when you do that, everything else will flow. I'm really happy you mentioned that part about getting started because I think it also does two things. One, it can start you on the path, but also it gives you an opportunity to three projects in say, you know what? I actually don't like that this much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, There are some things that I have done that I don't like to do and I don't do anymore. Like (laughs) painting kitchen cabinets. Oh gosh. I've, I've had people reach out about, you know, repainting their cabinets and I tell them, It's not something that I do. Yeah. I can do it. But, you know, like you said, trial and error, once you start getting out there and doing projects and doing certain things, you realize what you like and what you don't like as much. And there's no point in spending so many hours and days on doing something that you don't really like to do. That's really good advice. What haven't I asked you about your business, getting started, or just even being in the DIY space that I should have asked? I will say this. (laughs) Social media is a a full-time job in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, in addition to just doing my own work, trying to remember to upload content 
for mm-hmm. her social media and stopping to get videos and yeah. make reels. And that is also a full-time job. I did not realize how much goes into social media on the backside. Sometimes I'm exhausted and I want to just hide for a yeah. little bit, yeah. but I can't because I have a business and my business relies heavily on social media. So even when I am exhausted and I want to just take a break, you don't really have the luxury to do that unless you, you know, have someone that's running your social media for you or something like that. So it's a whole nother, a whole nother set of hours. I think that's good advice. Jamila, can you tell me about a leap of faith you had to take to get where you are now? Oh man, which time? Um <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, that the turning point for everything was um, about eight or nine years ago mm-hmm. when I quit my job in corporate America. I, I had a dream and it's still to this day very blurry, but in my dream, there were certain parts of my dream where I was given the vision of I would need to get my real estate license. That was a part of it. Okay. Um, and then there, there were some other segments, but it, it wasn't completely clear at the time. Mm-hmm. When I woke up from my dream, I just kind of prayed and I asked God to just kind of reveal to me what, what it was. At the time I was working in corporate America and I was very, very unhappy with my job. Mm-hmm. Very unhappy. I kind of got the, the clear understanding of, okay, you know, I'm going to just try to figure out what is the process of me getting my license and kind mm-hmm. of going from there. Um, about a month later, I had enrolled. I started real estate school. And a few months later, I had taken the exam, passed the exam. And did all that. So I'd say about maybe six or seven months had gone by from start to finish. Mm-hmm. The day that I my license was ready, I got an email that morning mm-hmm. and I was on my way to work and I sat at my desk and I didn't clock in. I just sat there and I mm-hmm. prayed for about 30 minutes. Yeah. And I was just like, I didn't come this far. I didn't do all this to still be here, you know, at right. this job. And I was just so miserable and unhappy and I hated being there. And it was so bad that sometimes I would like leave work on my lunch break and go to the bar and have a few margaritas just to Mm -hmm. kind of get me through the rest of the day. That's how bad it was. So I sat at my desk, I prayed for about 30 minutes and then I just start typing up my resignation letter at my desk. And I went to, I went to HR and I turned it in effective immediately. And the lady in the HR's office, she just threw her hand up. She was like, okay, bye. Oh yeah. So I left that was, I think, February 2nd or February 3rd. And I'll never forget the day because it was a Monday mm-hmm. and I had just paid my rent for the month. I was living in an apartment and I only had $50 in my account. So as I was sitting at my desk I, and typing up this letter, I was also kind of freaking out because I was mm-hmm. like, I only have $50. If I quit my job, what am I going to do? Yeah. And something just said, trust me. And so I did. It was not easy. Those first six or seven months, I struggled so bad because I was a newly licensed real estate agent. I didn't get my first sale until six months later. Yet my family and my friends, you know, they helped out a lot and they did what they could. But at the time I was very prideful. And so there were some, some times where I needed things or maybe my lights were cut off or maybe I only had $20 that week for food or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of suffered in silence because I didn't want to keep asking my parents or asking friends or family for help. And so one day, I'm not, I'm not going to make this too long, but I, I finally got my first client and I was so excited. I was like, yes, you know? Yeah. And so I ended up getting a title loan for my car. Okay. So I'm like, I just needed some money to kind of get me by. Yeah. And so I ended up getting like $3,000 for my car at the time, a title loan. Okay. And so of course, like, you know, you're supposed to pay it back within 30 days. So mm-hmm. 
I just got my client under contract and we were supposed to close in 30 days. So in my mind, I had mapped it all out. Like, okay, perfect. Do this. You know, this will kind of get me over until whenever. And so my client ended up changing his mind, decided he didn't house. And then we kind of started back over and started looking. So I was like, oh my God, oh my God, we got to hurry up and find something, find something. So we ended up finding something else and getting them under contract again. And so the 30 days had ended up passing. I think I was probably like a week past the 30 days and I hadn't paid the people at the title company. So one day I'm like sleeping. I wake up the next morning and my car is gone out of my parking lot. And so they told my car. And when I called the next day, I was like, oh my, you know, I was kind of freaking out. And so they were like, well, you know, you have 10 days to come and make the payment on your car or we're going to option it off. And so we were coming up on the closing date. So we were supposed to close. I'll say about like day eight or day nine, we were supposed to close and we didn't close. And the closing got pushed back because we were still waiting on a final document from the attorney's office. And so day 10, we got a call early that morning saying, we're clear to close. You guys can come in this afternoon and we can get you guys closed. This is day oh. 10. I was sweating bullets <laughs> the entire time because I was freaking out. And so we closed that day. And my first commission check was the exact amount of mm-hmm. what I owed the people at the title company. And I literally left the closing, went straight to the bank, cashed the check, and went straight to the title company to get my car. I'm like sick to my stomach. (laughs) And a lot of people don't know that story. Um, And and this wasn't anything that I I blasted and put on social media because the entire time, you know, when we close, I obviously made a post and we're smiling and everything at the closing table, but (laughs) all of this stuff, you know, that goes on behind the scenes and the sacrifices that I made. And I had family members that, you know, were financially able to help me and they wouldn't. And they were just like, nobody told you to quit your job. You know, you need to go back to work. But I just kept saying, I didn't come this far just to go back, you know, right? right. it was tough. It, yeah. was, it was tough, but the sun always comes up yeah. eventually night doesn't last forever. And I mean, now it has created a resilient person mm-hmm. and it was the most humbling time of my life. So now to be where I am now, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget when I didn't have lights or when my car got repoed or right. when I was eating spaghetti for a whole week because I only right. had like 10 bucks, you know? So right. those experiences, I feel like it really set the tone for something that was going to be much greater, which is kind of blossomed to where we are now. Well, and any job that you go into where you have to get your clients is going to be a slog. You're oh, not yeah. going to start out with money, but the fact that you persevered through it is what's amazing. What's an unexpected blessing, something you could not see for yourself in this. making this move? Yeah. <laughs> Another DIY project is my unexpected blessing. Mm-hmm. I never in a million years would have dreamed or even thought that I would be doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And it's so scary at the same time, because this is just the beginning. They say like, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dang it. I, I don't know what's next. Yeah. And so it's exciting, but so far this is mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still a lot of work. Can you tell me how you've seen the hand of God in your career? I have seen him in my career just by how inspired other people have been from my story. The little things I've shared about my personal journey 
and all of the messages that I've received, you know, people saying you've inspired me to not give up or you've inspired me to start this new business or you've inspired me to go after something that I've been putting off for a long time. You know, thank you for sharing, you know, God bless you. And and to me, it's like a little piece of confirmation. You know, it's a reminder that this is so much bigger than me. Yeah. And it's not just about an image or how many followers you have. It's a great feeling to be able to give back and share because I'm a firm believer in our gifts and our talents. They're not just for us. You have to find a way to to share it with the world and give back in a way. So I feel like me being authentic, me being who I am and me kind of sharing my gifts and my talents, it motivates people. Mm-hmm. I could not say that better. Jamila, thank you for being on the show with me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I love this story so, so much. And I am just so impressed with her drive to press forward in those moments when it was so hard. That quote, I didn't come this far just to go back, has stayed in my thoughts ever since we recorded this interview. And what a great evolution. The big pivot she thought would be in becoming a realtor. But because she made that move, it laid the foundation for creating another DIY project which is really the intersection of her passions, interests, and God-given abilities. And I just love, love, love hearing the stories of people who have figured that out. And Jamila has it right. Our gifts are not just for ourselves. They're meant to be shared. We have to develop them first. That part is personal. We have to do the work. But when those skills evolve to the point that we can use them to serve others, well, then it's our job to do so. So my last question for you today is this, what strengths do you need to develop and share with the world? If you're not sure, check out my workbook. I'll link to it in the show notes. In there, you'll find questions to help you figure that out for yourself. All right, that's it for me. Thanks, Jamila. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Faithful Career Moves podcast. If you want to know more about how to connect your natural talents and abilities to job opportunities and business ideas, then visit our website at faithfulcareermoves.com.